0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday morning. And being part of our day and being part of my day, I hope this is an encouragement, and uh, we hope you can just continue to stick with us as we have two more days in the book of Second Corinthians. And so tomorrow we'll announce what book we're going to move to next. Is again, what we strive to do here at Source of Truth is just verse by verse, section by section. And uh, if you happen to have any questions about maybe what we're discussing, or just questions in general about life, about Christianity, what's the Bible say about this, um, we'd love you to send them to us. Uh, You can find uh, our information at our website, gbcbak.org. You can email me, Rodney, at gbcbak.org, and uh, we will... Bring that out here in the questions if you want. Um, I don't check the comments a whole lot in Facebook, but if you want to put them there, I'll, I'll be looking for them. But if anything we could answer just about life and about the Bible, what would the Bible say about this, um, we'd love to, to be able to do that if you got anything specific. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, we're going to be down to verse number 7. Now remember the context yesterday, Paul was referencing the potential need for church discipline in uh, in the church here at Corinth. He was struggling with this idea of of um they were involved in some things which we see a lot more of the information of what it was in the first letter first corinthians uh so he's he's got this issue now he's comes to the end he goes when we come we really hope that you've moved beyond these things we hope that you've gotten these things right with god we hope that you're doing right he said because the alternative would be require what we talked about yes church discipline and uh you can look at that yesterday and see what it was but um in verse seven, heres he gives the alternative. this is what we'd prefer to see. His um, pastors as the apostles, as spiritual leaders. When we look to the church, this is what we hope to see. So let's go ahead and evaluate that for the next couple of minutes. He says, in verse seven, now I pray that God do you, that, I'm sorry, and I pray to God that you do no evil. Not that we should appear prude, but that you should go, you should do that. you should do what is honorable though we may seem disqualified. So he starts off in the first, uh, really, first verse, and he simply says, my desire is not that you be caught. See, You get this idea, preachers, we're not looking, you know, in most authority, we're not looking for people to get in trouble. We're not liking watching, ha-ha, you know. Some people get this idea of God waiting for us to mess up so he can strike us with lightning or bring misery into our life. That's just not the way it is. The desire is that we would see people follow the Lord and live in peace and live in liberty and live in freedom and and live where they should, enjoy the freedom that comes. Satan wants us to believe that sin and all the things that are anti-God bring more joy, bring more happiness. And I'm I'm not going to give this lie that sin is always horrible. There's some pleasure in sin, and it's unfortunate. The problem comes the after, the consequences of sin. And unfortunately, we cannot control that. We have no control of the consequences when things, when we decide to do something, we have control over our actions. What happens next? It's outside of our hand. It's a very frustrating part of life, but it's a fact. So Paul is saying I'm, we're not looking to try and point at all things wrong. We're actually hoping that you would actually do right, that you would follow the right direction. Now, let me just explain a couple things. This is not saying we hope that you are perfect. Uh, we are, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 8, if we say that we have no sin, we've deceived ourselves, the truth is not in us. So this is not a matter of claiming perfection. You cannot. You first, not, 8 and verse 10 both give the same reference. If you claim you are sinless, you claim you stop sinning, you're wrong. All right? It's just not what the Bible says. Now, in First 1-9, we have an advocate for the Father. We can go Him and confess our sin. He'll forgive us. So what I want us to say is I'm not saying that sin is okay. In fact, in Romans, it tells us where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So even if we've got involved in a lot of things, and we just seem like, man, we're falling apart. I've gotten so bad. God says... If you've got that much of a problem, there's even that much more grace to deal with it. Now, that's not permission to go do more. That's just saying that if we find ourselves in that spot, we can always turn to Jesus. And so he's really not saying, we're hoping that you are perfect. He's not saying, how dare you ever do anything? You know, you should be perfect. You should never do these things. These are not sins that we're struggling with, that we're asking God for victory over working through. These are things that people know are wrong. Uh, they know because Paul's told them. They know because God's told them. They know they're wrong, and they're continuing down that path. They're choosing to do it. It's where Solomon, where uh, um, David said in Psalm, if I regard or, guard or hide iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. Um, you know, This is where the conflict is. It's I choose to have a sin and I choose to do nothing about it. And that's what he's referencing here. He goes, we, our desire is that you would do no evil, that you would get that right. You'd come back to God and get that taken care of. He goes, not that we should be approved. Not that it makes us as the preachers look better. Not that you're doing it because, well, the preacher wants me to. It makes us look better. I'm in church. I'm supposed to. It's the wrong motive. The motive should be, I want to do right because I want to honor God. I want to follow God. I want God's blessing in my life. I want God to be able to use me in his ministry. And that does come with me being right with him. Um, he says in verse 8, For we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth, because we have to do what is right. And if we see you engaged in that lifestyle, we are going to have to do it. We're going to have to follow through with the church discipline. That is our responsibility to stand firm on the word of God and follow in obedience to it. Verse 9, For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong, and this also we pray that you may be made complete. We will give of ourselves, and it's not about us, it's about you. And we see you grow, and we see you doing right, and we see you flourishing in the gospel. We see you flourishing in Christian life. That's your strength. We're good with it. That's what we desire. And we will invest our lives for you to be able to see that. Um, verse 10, Therefore, I write these things being absent, Lest being present, I should use sharpness according to the authority which the Lord has given me for the edification and not for destruction. So he says, he goes, I'm writing these things ahead of time. He goes, if I were there, when I I come and I'm there and I see that that's still the way the church is living, I'm going to have to be stronger. I'm going to have to be sharper, he said. I'm going to have to definitely make a point and then begin to implement the church discipline aspects. Um, he says, in this scenario, I write this letter, I guess you kind of say, as a warning. Listen, when I come, I don't want to do this. And so please take this as a warning, recognize what's going on, and make the changes, make the necessary changes to not have to continue to do that. And he's kind of playing that warning out. You know, it's interesting, you go back to one of the a stronger passages in the Old Testament, I believe it's Joshua 6 or 7, one of those chapters, where Achan ends up, he is stolen from the cursed thing in, Jer- in the battle of Jericho. He hides it in his tent, ends up bringing curse to the to the, to the the children of Israel in war. They lost a battle. Ultimately, ends up being him and his family are killed as a result of his, not the sinning, but his refusal to get it right. But there's a section in where Joshua says, purify yourself for tomorrow. Clarify, get yourself right. And really what he's saying is tomorrow we're going to deal with this sin, you have till tomorrow to get it right. And I, I wonder if Achan might not have been freed from his pain and punishment and the punishment of his family if he'd gotten it right. And it's really what he's saying here. You don't have to live with the consequence. You don't have to live under the guilt and the, and the prison of sin. Just go to God and get it right today. So let me challenge you on that. I think sometimes one of the reasons a lot of people, especially if they have things in their life, and their past, they wish they could, you know, deal with it. if I could go to, my guy go to the past and get rid of it I would. Can I encourage you that I think one of the greatest battles we have is not the forgiveness of Jesus because he's offered it. It's not God's forgiveness he's, he's promised him. It's forgiving ourselves. It's accepting, it's embracing God's forgiveness and living in light of that grace and being able to forgive ourselves and move forward. We beat ourselves up, we hurt ourselves, we we let ourselves live in discouragement, anxiety, because that's where Satan wants us to live. How could you be a good Christian and do that? Can I tell you, God God offers and gives forgiveness freely. We must embrace that. We must live in that grace. We must forgive ourselves and move forward in the grace of God. I hope you do that today, and I hope you'll just embrace that and keep moving forward and just recognize what that grace, unmerited favor, God giving us something we don't deserve, and he desires to give it every day. Well, thanks for joining us again in this Wednesday morning, giving me a chance to be part of your day. I greatly appreciate it. And again, if you have a question or something you want to send our way, use the church email uh, or maybe on the Facebook post and give us a chance to be able to answer those. We'd love to be able to answer anything that might be of interest to you. Thanks again for joining us this morning. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.